Hey, welcome to the check-in. With the check-in twins. With the check-in twins. So, we gotta get something out the way first. Yes. If you are having any mental health emergencies or issues, suicidal ideation, know that we are not medical or mental health professionals. Mm -mm. So if you need to hit this hotline, that is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, Mm 1-800-273-8255. Give them a call, give them a text if you need to. If you need to. And one other thing, just a disclaimer, we are grown women. Sometimes we'll use some sentence enhancers to express ourselves, uh, some explicit language. So it's not necessarily meant for the children. They can listen, they can learn. But uh, sorry, mom, dad, pastor. Also, um, while we shouting everybody out, yeah. why don't you follow us on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at... At the Check-In Twins. On oh. all of them. Come check in with us. Come check in with us. Hi there, little galaxy. Hello. I just want to preface what we had said on our last episode. Oh, yes. Is that, you know, trigger warning. We're going to get into some stuff. Yeah. Um, we have primed ourselves to tell these these stories and Whoa. personal experiences. Loot. And <laughs> we're ready. We are ready to wet this mental health whistle. Uh, yeah. So. so uh, twin moment. <laughs> Every time we have a twin moment, you guys got a drink. No, I'm just kidding. Um, every time we have a twin moment, you guys got to send us a dollar. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Or comment. Or donate a puppy. Like and subscribe. We like animals. Or cats. I will take kittens. I will take a puppy. Okay, sorry. All right. ADHD. All right. So anyway, navigating the healthcare system with mental health issues. Friend, how you doing? <sighs> when it comes to self-diagnosis, of course. So, <laughs> I will say... One of my earliest self-diagnosis moments mm-hmm. were, and I'll, and I'll say my self-diagnosis and then I'll get into what the healthcare system um, contributed to my life. So <laughs> first and foremost, I am, although I'm very introverted now, I was not always that way. I remember. I was a very extroverted person. And I believe that is why people have a hard time adjusting to my introverted self now, because that was really not a part of my life at all. Mm -hmm. I like to go hug people who are not mourning people. I was full of joy and sunshine. People be like, get away from me. Come here. Let me give you a hug. She was that mourning person that you hated. I'm sorry, because I was given a lot of (laughs) unconsensual hugs. People were like, get away from me. I'm like, you just need a little hug. Here you go. Um... I was just a little ray of sunshine. Yes. Um, But that was in high school. Mm -hmm. And I was okay for the most part when I hit college. It wasn't until I transferred to university Mm -hmm. that I started having a really, really tough time. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was just stress because I, I never had mental health conversations. So I didn't have even the tools to go, hmm. This is probably not normal. This is not stress. This is depression. <laughs> so, of course, I just, you know, tuck that in my back pocket. Because mm-hmm. when you're a student, 
that's what you do. You got to keep yeah. pushing. You got classes to go to. You got grades to pull up. You got tests you, to take. Yeah. Like, you don't have time to be worried about your mental health because you, you're you in performance mode. Yeah. 24-7. Mm-hmm. So, I, my last year of school, I took eight fall classes. Mm. And that was following a summer where I took three classes at the community college. So, summer I took three classes at community college in the fall, I took eight classes, and then I took two classes over the winter break. And this is all so I could graduate on time. Oh my. And then my last semester, I took five classes and then did an internship as well. I'm already tired. So I was <laughs> like, I got to graduate on time. <laughs> I was burning my little behind out, yeah. burning myself out. But I was like, I got to do this. I got to do this. I'm going to run out of funding. Like, I got to get this done. Mm -hmm. By the time I graduated, I was just completely depleted. I was just tired all the time. Yeah. And I didn't want to do things. I I did ROTC Mm -hmm. when I was in college. And anybody who knows me, like, the military was all I ever wanted to do. Of course. I found out that I had a cyst in my knee. And so I wasn't able to continue and that really destroyed me. Like I, my grades dropped. Mm. I didn't want to see any light. I put sheets, I double sheeted my, <laughs> my oh, no. window. So no light could come in. You were really I, a vampire. I was really, and I, and I'm thinking like, <laughs> this is just normal when you're sad. And now, no, that was definitely a depressing yeah. situation. Cry for help. Yeah. So. That was probably my earliest moment where I was like, hmm, this doesn't seem normal. Mm -hmm. But of course, like I said, I tucked all these little, you know, red flags in, made a scarf or whatever, knitted a blanket so I can stay warm at night. And. Oh, these are hand warmers. It it exploded. Yeah. It exploded to the point where I, you know, same situation, had a lot of stress. Several members in my family died within three three months over a summer I was in the home buying process at that time my boyfriend at the time was gone I felt like I was shouldering everything by myself and boom I remember sitting in the car in a Wendy's and I called my cousin Mm -hmm. and I told him I was like I don't want to be alive anymore Mm. I don't want to be alive anymore and when I actually said those words out loud I cried, of you course. Out crying, yeah. But then I was like, I'm really, really not okay. And that was the first really like clear as day I can see it in my memory yeah. that I, w- I knew something was terribly, terribly wrong. What about you, friend? Oh, boy. So I've been not okay for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But it took me a long time to work up the courage to get some help. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say my earliest memories of me kind of like self-diagnosing myself was probably senior year in high school. Uh-huh. I, um, well, I take that back. It could have been sophomore year. Sophomore year was rough too. I just, I was battling a lot of insecurity sophomore year. I was 
trying to come into my own, finding myself, all that teenage angst nonsense. Yeah. That hit me like a brick. Like, puberty was unkind to me. My hormones were like, bitch, you are ugly. You don't deserve to walk on earth. You didn't have a, a, a bubble bath? No, my hormone monster was really, really mean. No. She was mean. So... I dealt with that a lot sophomore year, and, you know, I, I kind of had some turbulent relationships that didn't really help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then senior year, um, I had a friend that passed away, mm-hmm. and that was the first time I experienced pain and guilt at the same time, mm-hmm. like a like a like a life took my breath away type of pain. Mm -hmm. Like not in a good way. Like I can't physically, I can't breathe in this moment because Mm -hmm. I'm in so much pain. Um, So when he passed away, I hit a bottom like I've never hit before. And it scared me and it scared my family. Like Mm -hmm. my parents kind of put me on like suicide watch. Mm -hmm. Like they were just like checking on me a lot more Mm. and I I knew what they were doing because I would just stay in my room all day and just cry and you know I was able to take some time off from school but it was maybe like a week yeah like it 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 really wasn't I didn't have the space to grieve properly Mm. um I found out the news when I was doing my undergraduate orientation in the spring he died the night after prom, or I found out he died the night after prom. Mm. Um, and somebody sent me a text saying, you know, RIP. And I was just like, this isn't funny. Why are you saying this to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so she called me and she was like, no, like he got into a car accident. We're just finding out about it. It happened last night. He didn't make it. And I was like, what? Mm. <laughs> like... And I'm in the middle of orientation trying to keep myself together. Mm. I'm just like, I don't even know how to process this information right now. Because on top of him just dying so suddenly like that, me and him had gotten into a fight. Mm. And so my last words to him were not very nice. Mm. And that uh, that weighed heavy. It still weighs heavy on me, like to this day. Um, and it crushed me. I like... I didn't see, death is very strange because nobody knows how to approach you. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what to, ta- what to tell you to comfort you. Nobody, like, there's no comforting in that moment. Yeah. Like, it's, it's nice to know that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my tribe really showed up at that time. And um, I had a lot of support, but I just didn't care. Like, I was just so out of it. So, um, like... I was dead inside. Mm. Like I was just walking this earth existing and I knew that something was wrong with me. Didn't go get help at that time. What I did is I flipped it into like my senior project. Mm. I turned like the tragedy into like this mental health advocacy project that I did. And um, I donated to um, the suicide awareness nonprofit organization um like I made little bracelets and you know I was just my version of fixing myself was like fixing the world and like giving 
to mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. instead of taking the time to giving m- myself the love that I was looking for mm-hmm. because I really just words I was absent of that that mm-hmm. self love was just gone because I was so so guilty with you know how our friendship just fizzled out and then he just died mm-hmm. um so that was my worst experience and then fast forward to I had some rough times in college too, but I, I would say I would give it to law school, mm. hands down, <laughs> hands down. Oh. Law school sucks. Um, oh. So basically, what law school does is it teaches you how to think like a lawyer, mm-hmm. um, and you know that can be explained. But on the outside looking in, you don't really know what that means. Right. Essentially, they are breaking you. Like the way you think is the proper way to think wrong we're gonna change it we're gonna reset you as a human it's like boot camp exactly exactly so it was super emotional like 2016 2019 i lost myself fell out of love with myself i hated myself i was so like i felt so isolated from everybody i felt Mm -hmm. so alone i was like wow this is just I was emotionally exhausted. And on top of that, I was getting cold called during class on stuff I did not know. No. Not because I didn't do my work. It's because I didn't know. So, <laughs> so it was like I was always anxious when I went to school. And then I came home and I was just depressed. Yeah. Um, law school was when I was finally like, all right, I need to talk to somebody this is getting out of hand because I did have a moment where I was like, I was scaring myself mm-hmm. just with my thoughts. Cause I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And by this, I meant life. Mm-hmm. And that when you say that out loud and you start crying mm-hmm. and you start calling people, hoping they'll pick up because yeah. you don't know like what you're going to do. I had one of those moments. Mm. Like I was calling, I think I'm pretty sure I called my mom and my mom didn't pick up. And I was just like, wow, this is not good. And it feels like, <laughs> all right, like you saying, does this mean I can go do this? Thing? Yeah. Yeah. Is that it's, yeah. it's a weird moment where you start looking for reasons. Instead of looking for reasons to live, you're looking for reasons to die. Yeah. And, Warning, please. About to yeah, we're talk not about, advocating this. About to talk about suicide for a second, Maybe. but I definitely remember there was one day in particular because I had been thinking about suicide for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I just I didn't know how to deal with things, and mm-hmm. I told you during that time I'd been trying to find therapists, mm-hmm. and everything was just not working. Yeah. I tried. Better help. It did not work for me. Uh, the uh, person that I was assigned didn't know, you, like forgot about you. They so we had a session. I felt better. Mm-hmm. The session actually went well. But on our next session, the person I was assigned was asking me questions, like the same questions he, he asked me the time previous. And I'm like, why? I don't want to explain this again. And he's like, well, I can't help you if you don't tell me what's going on. And I said, I've already told you this. And he had, 
he had never t- taken me off his ledger as a new client. Mm-hmm. So when he went in, he started asking me all the same questions. And so I'm thinking, like, you literally get paid to listen to me. And I just, I like, I gave up after that. And there was a couple, you know, things I tried, um, some other therapists. And I was just like, these people are not a good fit. Like, I just, it was trash. Yeah. So... It wasn't for lack of trying to get help. Like, I I was, but everything was trash. So, mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. So, I remember having one day in particular, I had resolved myself. I was like, I know what I'm about to do. I'm about to get my, you know, my will together mm-hmm. because, you know, when you have assets and you have a house or a car or whatever, I, I want my stuff to go to somebody that is going to be able to help them. Yeah. So... I was like, cool, let me draft up my will. My mom had been doing her will at the time, so I was just like, I'm going to just go the same route yeah. she went. I got to think about a lot of stuff, went to work, sat down, doing my doing my job. And there's this almost like little burst of energy you get because you're like, oh, this is the last day I got to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. So you almost feel kind of good because you're like, yeah. It's like when you're about to get off work and it's the holiday weekend, you're like, yep, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. And you're in a good mood. Mm-hmm. That's how I was. But I was quiet. My work husband, a coworker. <laughs> See, I called you work husband. Okay. So my work husband, he just knew. Yeah. Like I was just something was wrong. Something was up with my energy. Mm-hmm. Of course, he and I sit less than a foot away from each other. And he asked me if I was okay. I said, yep, I'm good. Oh, that didn't make you cry? No. Sometimes I'm just like... Oh, because I was ready. Like, I knew, like, I'm finna be good, good. I'm finna be good forever. So I'm like, oh, no, I'm fine. And he's just, like, looking at me. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm doing my work, tapping on my keyboard. And when the day was about over, he was like, hey... Me and the kids are watching a movie tonight. And my wife. And his wife, of course. He so he she was there, so well, it's not not no weird stuff. Yeah. Um, but he was like, Yeah, we're all gonna watch a movie tonight. And I was like, uh, okay. He was like, You should come by. And I'm like, I'm good. I got plans. He's like, You should come by. I don't I don't wanna Like I'm good. I'm okay. <laughs> If you, if you don't come by, I'm going to come get you. <laughs> I'm like, why are you messing up my plans? So I was just like, okay, all right, fine. So I went home. I got changed, took a depression nap. Mm-hmm. When I tell you that night, everybody and their mom reached out to me. Yeah. I don't know if it was, you know, the universe, God going, oh, she's serious, serious today? All right, let's let's give this we'll little thing some thing love. some love. Yeah. So I talked to you that day. My brother called me that day. I think the homie. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say the homie. The, the homie. homie in the Carolinas. The he called me. Got it was just so many past coworkers. Like everybody yeah. was reaching out, and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I'm trying to be done. <laughs> Went, got some cookies from McDonald's. Went to the house. We watched a movie. I don't even remember what we watched. And the kids went to bed. Of course, my work husband and his wife were up. 
and I just start crying. Yeah. I was just like, I'm about to end it all today. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> he's like, I know. I was like, how you know? How you know? Cause I did not say nothing. <laughs> like I was just like I was just so <laughs> wrapped up. I just, but I, like, I want to say, people can really sense that energy when, yeah, when there's a shift that is that significant. I'm not saying people got you know depression senses like not spidey spidey <laughs> senses, but for depression. But yeah. when when you move differently. It is very significant to your family and friends, people who really care about you and really pay attention. You don't have to say, I wasn't saying nothing. I wasn't mopey that day. I was pretty, I was pretty quiet, but I usually am kind of quiet at work. At work. But like my work husband, he was knowing. I don't know what snitched on me and told him, but like this, this girl. If you come watch this movie with me and my kids <laughs> and my wife, I'm gonna get you. I was just like, I don't want to get caught. Okay, I'm coming. But that—that's a good. That's a good work husband. I I had a moment. He's like the best. That. I mean, I almost had to divorce him because he was acting up. But it's okay. We're together again. Oh I love me some him. <laughs> <laughs> I almost had a moment like that kind of recently. It was. Uh, earlier in the year maybe Mm -hmm. um I think that I was just I've been doing my work been doing my therapy work Mm -hmm. you know been um doing everything I can to get my endorphins kicking yeah uh taking my medication we're gonna have a segment on that um and I just didn't feel better Mm -hmm. like I hit a point of just pure exhaustion Mm -hmm. and I was like tonight yep tonight is the night Mm -hmm. and honestly and you didn't even do nothing but like you were the saving grace in that moment (laughs) like like I was just like like I thought about you and I was like that'll be so messy Everybody in their mom would yeah. have been like, oh, why didn't you stop her? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? And I thought about that. And I was like, I, that is the last person I'm trying to cause problems for. Like, honestly, like as good as you've been to me as a friend, as I'm a twin. <laughs> the only appropriate time to do that is in a post-apocalyptic situation where we are running out of food. <sighs> If you want to end it to save my life so that I can eat you, I will accept it. I I will eat your thigh with tears in my eyes. Oh, bars. Um, <laughs> I'm not a rapper, though. <laughs> no, that, that night was like it didn't take much. It was like and you were in a good mood that night mm-hmm. and you came downstairs and I possibly had finish crying i don't remember i don't remember but i told you about it and you were like okay well i'm glad you didn't do that you know you want to talk about it and then and then we did and i felt Yay. better and then i talked to some other people later that night and i was like okay it okay talking is good talking is good because when you keep all that stuff in yeah. that's when you just it's, you pop right because you're just 
it's like a like a can of soda. Mm-hmm. Like you have all these feelings and you keep Shake shaking it, it up, it. shaking <laughs> it up, and everything that happens, stubbed your toe, dropped your keys. Oh, Bro, I remember. <laughs> so why did you have to come for me like this? <laughs> I remember a day. I was I was so depressy that day. I was so tired. Put in my this is before I had changed a lock mm-hmm. on the garage door. Okay. Went to unlock it and drop my keys, and I just wanted to get back in the car. I was like, I don't deserve to be in the house. I dropped my keys. That is the worst feeling. Even if you're not depressed, the you, smallest thing. If you've been tired all day and you drop your keys trying to get into your car or your house, or you hit a pothole that just makes your car sound different, bro, just end it all. I'm That's how it like, feels, especially when enough. you're depressed. I've had enough like, of this. Unsubscribe. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So let me ask you, friend, mm-hmm. how did you go about getting diagnosed in, since we're navigating the health system, oh, yeah. uh, how did you get diagnosed through healthcare providers? So it was my second round of therapy. Um, I decided to double up with a psychologist and a psychiatrist. Okay. Um, and... They both came to the same conclusion. You know, the huge major depressive disorder. Um, and Yeah, and uh, um, like acute anxiety. Like I have sometimes social anxiety, mm-hmm. which you, you can't really tell because I like, I like going out and doing stuff. But I have it to the max. Like, like I have yeah. a lot of social anxiety. Yeah. Like what? Am I being normal? Are these people looking at me? Exactly. Am I doing something weird? Exactly. Should I go home? I'm going to go home. I catch it when I'm in the grocery store, which is the strangest place. Like, I feel at home when I go to Target, but I've a lot of my anxiety attacks have come in the parking lot of Target. Really? Unprovoked AF, yes. Wow. Yes, yes. Target I have to, is a trigger. I have to, like, talk myself down and meditate in my car before I get out sometimes. Wow. Uh-huh. I never knew this. Yes. So, um, but I got diagnosed, I don't know, maybe, uh. 2017 and 2018 Mm. um my psychologist came up with her diagnosis first and then she referred me to a psychiatrist because um you know it was severe Mm. i i i tread very lightly like i'll talk about this next episode like when i first do my therapy sessions i'm just like how much do you want to know like how much can i tell you without you putting me in a hospital Honestly, <laughs> I sit in there and boom, crying. <laughs> They're like, it's okay. I'm to use my Lola voice. Thank you for coming Thank in today. Thank you so much. That's okay. This is the first step and it's really, you're going to have to do a lot of work here. But you're doing great. Oh my God. Why? How did that make you feel? That must have been really hard for you. You're so brave. Like literally, <laughs> mm, my therapist don't get an option to do all that because I sit down and cry immediately. I think my first my first session, I was like, why am I crying? This is so gross. Well, let's unpack that. Why is it gross to cry? <laughs> so, it's so much stuff that you didn't normally say 
that you're like, ooh, why do I say that? Is yeah. that not normal to say? Yeah. But yeah, we we gonna get all up into that therapy next episode because mm-hmm. ah, I got a word. Mm-hmm. What about you? I done been through a lot of therapists. How did you get I run your? Through them. Just, I'm like a like okay. a therapist hoe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> How did you get your diagnosis? <laughs> so I have a bit of a a two parter. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna try to keep it short. Yeah. But the first instance of me legitimately trying to go through my primary care provider to get help, I got into a car accident. Mm. It wasn't my fault. I was hit on 495, going like 70, 75 miles mm-hmm. per hour, and it messed up my back. Okay. Well, at that time, I was living in my house by myself, so... I have 16 flights of stairs in my house. Approximately so, 87, really. Yeah. And this is why me and stairs be fighting all the time. Because there's a lot of them. I'm outnumbered, so it's actually not fair. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling with a lot of death in the family. I was struggling with my job. And then, boom, injury. And injury is not my fault. Mm-hmm. But you don't realize how much you need your back for Yes. Until you can't use your back. It's pretty important. It got to a point where I had to call people over to help me do laundry because I couldn't even lift the laundry basket. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do anything that required heavy lifting. I couldn't do anything that I couldn't even sleep. I turned into an insomniac insomniac, (laughs) and everything was just very uncomfortable. I'm at work. I'm falling asleep at my desk. It's hard to sit eight hours a day because your core, Mm -hmm. half of your core is in your back. Mm -hmm. So I was really struggling. I wasn't able to be there at my job the way I needed to be. And that was starting to wear on my manager. So basically I went to my PCP because I, something happened where my rib popped out of place Mm -hmm. and the pain in my back that I'd been going to uh, physical therapy therapy for, I had to start all over again after a month of being in there. So I'm crying. I thought I was getting better and I can't do anything by myself. And it was just a lot. So I sat in her office and I was crying, of course. And I told her, I said, I think I need antidepressants because I'm not feeling okay. Mm -hmm. She said to me, you're not depressed. Okay. You're just going through a lot. Okay. And <laughs> I didn't know how to take that, but like she's a doctor. Yeah. I've been going to her for a long time, so I can't go manufacture some antidepressants in my basement. Like, yeah. I can only get them if a doctor prescribes them to me and mm-hmm. she doesn't think that I need it. Yeah. So. I just went home Mm -hmm. and I recently switched health insurance. My company got acquired. So Mm -hmm. instead of having Cigna, I now have Kaiser. Mm -hmm. So I had to go through the whole rigmarole of finding another PCP and doing all the checkups and wellness visits, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) 
I want to say it had been about two and a half, maybe three years since this last experience with that doctor. Okay. So I go in, they do all this stuff, and then they ask me some screening questions about my mental health. And I was like, hmm, that's new. Okay. <laughs> so I answer all these questions, and lady was like, okay, give me a moment. She calls someplace. <laughs> She's like, yeah, no, I need an appointment today. And I'm like, hmm, this is odd to do in the middle of my appointment, but okay. <laughs> yep. Yes. Do you want to talk to her? And I'm like, who her? Her was me. Her was me. So she gave me the phone and the lady's like, so I'm understanding that uh, the questionnaire uh, shows that you may have signs of uh, mental health issues, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, so we have an appointment for you today at this location at two. And I'm like, but I I want to go home. <laughs> I don't I don't consent to this. I just want to go home. And my PCP is looking at me. She's a black lady. So she gave me that black lady look like, yeah, girl, you, you going to this appointment. Girl, you going. So I was like, yeah, I'll be there. Mm -hmm, yep. All right. Yeah. Th thank you. So I gave the phone back to my PCP. She said some other stuff. And I'm sitting there like, dang, I want to go home and go back to sleep. But I'm not. Boom. There I was, sitting there, thinking about my life. I right, so boom. And <laughs> she finally hangs up the phone. She's like, okay, so I need you to go downstairs, do this lab work, then I need you to go to the pharmacy and pick up this prescription. And I was like, what? <laughs> what the prescription for? She said, oh, it's an antidepressant. I was like, oh, y'all was fast, okay? Y'all see something really wrong with me. Okay. <laughs> so I said, well, I, maybe I should wait. She was like, Okay, so like I said, you're going to go downstairs. And I was like, okay, black lady, got you. <laughs> gang, gang, <laughs> I can follow instructions. So I did all this stuff. Got my prescription. I'm reading a little pamphlet. I'm like, oh, all right. Selexa. So, so okay, I don't know what that means, but we just going to do it. We just going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> so I I. Because I always thought that they would have talked to you a whole bunch before they give you medication. But she was like, nah, yeah. sis, you need this yesterday. So I finally went to the appointment at the other place. Asked me some more questions. And then the homie was like, so you scored really high. And I'm like, yeah, I've always been a good student. What you mean, duh? I score high all the time. All right. 3.68 GPA. <laughs> and we're laughing. And he's like, no. So I'm going to need you to go to the ER. And I was like, what? Uh, what they, what they, what, what they going to do? Oh, damn. I didn't know you were going to get this. Oh, yeah. I'm going to blow it wide open, bussing wide open. So... <laughs> So I'm like literally arguing with this man because I'm like, I just want to go home. I'm not eating today. I'm tired. I need to bathe. This is like the last day of my cycle. And I just, I want to, come on, bro. Come on. He was like, look, I'm going to ask you one more time because I need to note it in your file. And I'm like, you snitching on me? We just met. <laughs> so... I Sorry finally for my just, cackling. This is a really <laughs> serious topic. No, this is how we cope. Humor. Humor in oh really ugly God. situations. Oh, yes. We find the humor in it now. So I ended up telling him I'm a go. My phone is on death because that's how I live my life. My death. phone is constantly dying. Constantly. So I text my twin. 
I text my honey muffin. I'm going to the ER because my behavioral therapist said I got major depressive disorder and I had it for a really long time and it's not normal for you want to die every day. And I was like, oh, facts. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I went. Yep. Can I just say that's how nonchalant the text message was to me. Like <laughs> she's just like very monotone, just like, yeah, so I'm getting hospitalized. I'm like, huh? Yep. I'm at work literally panicking silently, like calmly panicking. I'm just like, hey, I need to leave early. I don't know what's going on. Well, what do you mean? I don't know if it's my place to tell you. I, I've never, like, I don't know what to do. I didn't know what was about to happen. So yeah. it's like, I got to tell the people that I love that are not going to do some wild stuff. So not my parents, but like, like I love them, but they would do some wild stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I only know two people that I could tell this information to that are not going to try to set a building on fire or something oh, yeah, and, no. for my, you know. Yeah. So I go to the stupid little thing thing. Mm-hmm. They take more vitals for me. I'm explaining to late. I already had blood drawn today. <laughs> I have not eaten. Okay. There is nothing in my body. And I've already been bleeding for like six days out of my uterus. I don't know how much more blood I have for you, but I will do my best. Okay. <laughs> She's like, okay, don't worry about it. We just have to do this. I'm like, all right, cool. And finally, they give me a room. This this one to get a little mm-hmm. little sad, guys. Yeah. So get your couch tissues. Get your tissues. So she asked me if I'd ever been hospi- hospitalized for the reason that I came in. I said no. She said, okay. Well, this is what's going to happen. We're going to put you in this room. We're going to take out everything in this room that could hurt you. We're going to back up all your stuff. And you will not have access to anything. And I immediately just started crying Mm -hmm. because I felt like I was being put in isolation. Yeah. All my comfort items that I came in with. Granted, this was in February of this year. Mm -hmm. So I had sweatpants on and a hoodie and just all my cozy clothes. And I I had my cell phone with me, even though it was dying. But I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I can get to Pete. They took everything. They took everything. I had to beg to keep a bra, a bra I had to beg for. And even my paperwork that I came in from all the doctor's visits I had had that day, they, they were trying to take that too. And mm-hmm. I said, "Those my contact numbers are on there. Please don't take that. And the lady was like, well, you can't have this. Paper? I'm literally in tears begging her, like, please let me keep my paperwork. Can I just keep my paperwork? Trash. So I sat in there and I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. They had a person sitting in the room with me, mm-hmm. which when you have social anxiety, it's not really fun to be sitting in a room crying. And somebody's just looking at yes. you. Yes. Yeah. So that was the start of me going, I think this was not a bad idea, but I'm trying to listen to my healthcare providers who are telling me that I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Because essentially the reason I was there was because... I needed to see a psychiatrist stat in there. They weren't, my healthcare providers weren't going to be able to get me in with the psychiatrist until like the next month. Yeah. So they're like, okay, you go here. We can get you basically, um, not analyzed. Quote unquote seen quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Quote unquote. (laughs) So I asked the lady, I was like, how long am I going to be here? She said, probably another day. 
So I, it's a lot of crying. It's a lot of crying. A social worker came in, asked me the same questions I've been answering all day. She determined that I didn't need somebody to sit in there and watch me. So she had that lady dismissed. And that was about the time that you came. Mm -hmm. And even then, I mean, I'll let you say your experience. It was very adamant that you were not supposed to be there. And it was weird to me. Oh, yeah. They were like, so when I first called to get your room number, Mm -hmm. um, they were like, oh, uh, do you know why this patient? Yes. I know why this patient is there. What room is she in? Like, I was kidding. And I'm just like, I'm her sister. Sister. We are blood. Well, not really. But, I mean, almost. Yeah, So pretty much. like, I'm like, yo, I'm her sister. I need to know what's going on with her. Like, we live together. Like, nobody's telling me anything. Is she okay? Can I see her? Um, I really had to finesse my way to mm-hmm. get to see you. Because people were looking at me sideways like, um, this type of patient shouldn't get visitors. But it's like, why? Why would you want to isolate people that already feel isolated? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my night nurse definitely made it apparent. Every time she came in the room, oh, you can't stay here that you much longer. You gotta leave. Um, I'm not leaving until she eats. So can you make sure her food comes? Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. This is a sassy twin. <laughs> so I was so happy to see you. I yeah. hugged you and I cried and snotted on you. It's okay. man i was so heated that whole situation was trash and i like i did not advocate for myself because i was so confused and emotionally just drained that i don't know what's supposed to be happening i don't know what's proper or not and i'm just like i just want to go home so and the whole the whole thing behind hospitalization is like in one aspect, you're like, okay, this is going to be good for me. Like, I'm going to be in a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. But the way in which they treat you, mm-hmm. that's the crux of the issue. And I think that is the biggest issue with, like, the mental health care system as a whole. It's like they don't treat people on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, you are one-size-fits-all. Yeah, and that is not how, like, okay, you might have been having suicidal ideations, but you were sane enough not to actively kill yourself and the i know exactly what question that got me in there so i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna spill my tea and my tips to y'all but there is a question that they asked me if i ever planned to kill myself Mm -hmm. i said yes a year ago yeah they did not take that year ago into consideration they were like oh no so she said yes they were treating me as if i was actively trying to kill myself mm-hmm. when I repeatedly had told them I don't want to I don't yeah. want to kill myself granted if I die I might be a little reckless I might not wear a seatbelt <laughs> I might eat some pineapples but like <laughs> I have a pineapple allergy um <laughs> but I'm not gonna sit here and actually kill myself like mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm doing better than I was that year that yeah. I was like nah end it um but they didn't take any of that into consideration yeah so after my twin left, I finally got my food and I had to, you know, they gave me crayons and highlighters to say what I wanted to eat, and all no my stuff. No fork. No plastic fork. I'm like... Everything came on styrofoam because <laughs> I can I can hurt myself with a plastic fork. That's why. I was so angry with that. Oh, I wanted to write a letter to like the president of the hospital. Just be in all caps, Karen Rage. This is 
unacceptable treatment of an American citizen. Yeah. <laughs> I pay taxes and I don't expect this. How dare you take her fault? Like, so I, I, I know I've been rapping for a minute, so I'm going to speed the rest of the story up. I'm going to just give you the bare bones of what happened next. Uh, there was a gentleman who checked in. He was not okay. He was screaming at the top of his lungs. And mind you, my door was open. They told me I had to leave my door open so that they could watch me, even though I didn't have anybody in my room anymore. So this man was screaming that he had a tumor in his spine and that he's only been brought to the hospital so that they, so that they can kill him. And then... About 10 minutes later, he's running around the clinic, throwing stuff on the floor, throwing himself on the floor. He's screaming, begging the staff to kill him at this point. Mm -hmm. And my anxiety is through the roof. I'm calling for my nurse. I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling because I feel myself having a panic attack because mm -hmm. my door is open. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to run up in here. Like, yeah. I have no idea what's going on. And there are four or five nurses trying to get a hold of this guy. So I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling. I'm trying to practice my breathing. I have nothing else. I don't have any of my comfort items. I don't have a phone. Like, I, I don't have anything. Mm -hmm. So my nurse never came. She never came. Mm. She never came. That's what and so anybody who's ever had a panic attack, trying to, trying to <laughs> stop a panic attack from happening, for 30 minutes yeah. is exhausting. It's very exhausting. It's very mentally taxing. Yeah. It's emotionally taxing. It's physically taxing because your body is going, we're in danger. Yeah. I finally got, when it was quiet enough, I finally got the courage to get up and my night nurse was sitting at the desk eating. You could clearly see my room and the light from where she was sitting. She just never got up. And I told her, because when I checked in, I had my medication with me. I hadn't taken it. I told her, I want earplugs. I want to close my door. And I want my medication. Oh, well, you don't want you to take any medication until you meet with the psychiatrist. When is that? Probably tomorrow. I want earplugs. <laughs> I want my door closed. And I want medication. She was like, well, if you close your door, you should be fine. Do you think I won't be able to hear that man screaming? I want earplugs in my medication now. Like, like I had to, like the little energy I had left, I had to use that to be aggressive <laughs> because I'm like, I've asked you the same thing and I've been calling for you and you didn't show up. So finally she came in, she gave me the stuff that I asked for. I fell asleep, woke up. I'd only been asleep for two hours and it was midnight. She came in, woke me up to do my vitals again, which I don't understand why they do vitals when you're in there for mental health. My brain is sick, not me. <laughs> like, what you think is going to happen? So that was that. My night nurse was gone for a little bit. I needed water because I was just, I, I really felt like I was in prison because I was yeah. in there doing like workouts and stuff because mm -hmm. I had nothing else to do and I was just awake. Uh, my body would not relax because mm -hmm. I'm like, my brain is low-key telling me like, Somebody else might come in here being crazy. So just be on your toes, literally. Yeah. Literally. So I finally got up. I was like, excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> I, I want some water. She was like, oh, you can go get it. I was like, oh, I'm able-bodied now. I like this nurse. Wow. It was a different lady. And I got the water. I was coming back. I was like, um, so I want to leave. And she was like, um, what room are you in? Mm -hmm. Told her. She was like, yeah, no, you can't leave. 
you can't leave until you see the psychiatrist. So now I'm stuck there. Like, yeah. I can't, I literally can't leave. At least this is what they're telling me, right? Mm-hmm. So she's asking me, well, why do you want to leave? Oh. This is not a fun place. It's not. And I can't sleep. So I feel she was worse like, mm, being here. Well, we'll give you an ambient then. So they gave me an ambient and I was able to sleep through the night. Next day, finally met with a psychiatrist. She asked me the same questions I answered yesterday, like six, seven, eight, nine times. <laughs> and then she was like, okay, so the next step in this process is we're going to get you a bed and you'll be here for another maybe week. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> no, I'm going home today. <laughs> she was like, well, your scores are really, you know, still really high. I was like, I explained to you what happened last night. Yeah. That is why my scores are high. I don't have people breaking into my house screaming that they have tumors in their spine and throwing themselves all over the house. <laughs> if I was at home, I would not have these scores because I would not be... <laughs> ma'am i don't know what you need to do but i'm ready to go and she was like well you don't get to make that decision who does the almighty lord jesus christ the doctor she's like if the doctor determines that you're okay to go home then you can go home if you see me again you're not about to go home i was like get some booty and mind you they put a tracker on my arm yeah Uh, i didn't mention that so when i checked in they put a tracker on my arm so that if i try to run away they could find me and they put that on when i was still there like the nurse that uh, conveniently didn't have the sense to come and help her during mm-hmm. her anxiety attack mm-hmm. um, decided, oh, let's put a tracker on her while her sister is in the room. And I just looked at her like, you're lucky I'm moderately saved. I really don't understand. <laughs> like why? If I run away, what do I got to do with y'all? Let me run away. Like it just and the whole you can't you have to. Or what? If, like, or what? What are you saying you're going to do right now? Am I under arrest? Like, it, <laughs> it was the, and mind you, like, I'm telling this story a lot better, but, like, I, that shook me for a really, really long time. Um, I even, so, so y'all know what happened. I did not have to stay there for another <laughs> week. The doctor actually did allow me um, to leave, so he discharged me. And then my night nurse lost my medication. Mm-hmm. So the medication that I was given, because everybody was telling me, well, you haven't been treated. That's why that's one of the reasons they didn't want to send me home. Like your scores are still high and you actually haven't received received any treatment. I was like, oh, no, I received treatment. It was just bad treatment. So I would like to go. And I left. I realized I didn't have my medication. Like I was literally like walked one step out of the double doors, came back. And there was nothing on file that I came in with medication. Ma'am, are you sure you? Yes, I'm sure. I have the papers right here. Everything else is here. Where's my medication? I sat there for another two, three hours. And then I finally called the behavioral therapist back. Um, and I was like, I came here. I did what you asked me to do. I had a terrible experience. And they lost my medication. Yeah. So I will give them props, though. Um I didn't talk to my behavior therapist therapist again. I talked to the front desk lady mm-hmm. and she actually worked with my primary care person to get me medication. my medication. And I think she paid for it out of her own pocket, which yeah. I feel bad because it wasn't her fault. Mm-hmm. I would have rather somebody who actually told me to go here have paid for it. But, you know, <laughs> she 
she helped me out yeah. and you came and picked me up no i drove home but then you took me to get the prescription get the prescription yeah i took that sucker and i went to bed and that was a very, very awful time experience in the health system for me to get a diagnosis that I already like I already knew I had depression. I just my condition was agitated mm-hmm. by all the the help I was trying to get. Yeah. So I'm not saying this to say don't go to a, you know, a doctor, but go with somebody who can advocate for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, my twin, she showed up like do something, say something. Like she, yeah, she like, really was out there helping me. Cause when you're going through that process, mm-hmm. you don't know what to expect. You don't yeah. know what to do. You're already emotional. You, you're just, you go into survival mode. For sure. And so you're not thinking about whether things make sense or not. You're just going, how can I make sure that I don't have an episode in this place? Mm-hmm. Because if you start acting crazy, they gonna treat you even worse. Mm-hmm. Yup. Instead of trying to help you, but that, we can talk about that in another episode. Yeah, this has been a beefy episode. So yeah. sorry, y'all. Sorry. I just had to had to let y'all know what it what I do, what it is, what How it you is. Get that what diagnosis. Sometimes it could be it could be good. Sometimes it could be a little bubble, but you know. Yeah. Just you know, always tell somebody where you're going, what you're about to do, mm-hmm. just in case things go left. That. Somebody knows what's going on and they can help you. And they pull up. Yeah. I wish they would have told me to go home. I wish. <laughs> she tried. She was like, oh, visitors aren't. Okay, that's nice. Visitors can go home. She really said that. She really did. Though. I'm not a visitor. I am her sister. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because the, the one nurse who um, made me do the urinalysis. Yeah. She was nice. She I wish was. she was actually my nurse. But she's like, oh, my gosh. Are you guys sisters? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yup. <laughs> yup. S- same mom, different dad. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. This has been a long yes. episode. Sorry I was rapping to y'all, but yeah, I had to spill bad. the tea so y'all know yeah. what's out there for you if you choose to go through the healthcare system. I think I will always advocate for that because since I have, you know, and we'll get into this in other episodes um, in the series, since I've had that experience, I've been doing a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, terrible experience, but there were some good outcomes out of it. So, yeah. you know, go ahead, Go through the system however you want. I went through my primary care. I think you just went straight to therapy. Yeah. Um, Psychology Today is like the Google for finding psychologists, counselors, therapists, mm -hmm. social workers, all the things. So I I really did my search through there and, you know, matched up the insurance information just to see who was in network. And yeah, Mm -hmm. that's how I found my perfect matches. So... You guys take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you are feeling like, you know, any of the things that we described earlier in this podcast, you know, take some time to reflect because how you're feeling, even if you've been feeling it for a really long time, doesn't necessarily mean that it's okay. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's quote unquote normal. Yeah. Okay. doesn't mean that it's healthy. So definitely keep an eye on yourself. If you can't tell somebody that you really trust to, you know, to keep an eye on you so they, they can look out for you yeah. and hopefully get you the help that you need mm-hmm. and that would actually benefit you. So <laughs> those are words. Those are things. And I said them. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Let's jump into the next segment. Trigger one. So if we haven't triggered you enough during this episode, <laughs> our next episode, we're going to dive um, more deeply into therapy yes. and how that has or has not been helpful and mm-hmm. what I do, what I do, what I do. What do, you do? So 
if you're going through therapy or you had a terrible experience at therapy and it's going to bring up some really ugly things for you, you don't have to listen don't to Don't listen, us. but share and like. And subscribe. And subscribe. Follow us. So, that's that's that. Yeah, and remember, life's a bitch. That misdiagnoses you, honestly. Misdiagnoses. She don't know what she's talking about. She got her medical degree on Google.com. Right. And she printed it out on PDF. And she... Sorry. And then she had a nurse to be pregnant. Huh, you can't even take care of patients. What you doing taking care of a kid? Um, so, yeah, don't listen to her. Don't Get, listen to her. Replace her. Replace, replace her with her. somebody that is better. Or him. Life is a bitch that's unisex. That's yeah. Right. All around. All the time. All all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. All right. You guys be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Love yourself. Be gorgeous. Be great. Be beautiful. And be the beautiful.